0: Hello and welcome to Two Fat Expats. I'm Kirsty Rice, and together with Nikki Moffat, we're the Two Fat Expats. Uh, We've been expats for over 20 years, and we have over 12 countries and six children between us who have all been born. All over the world we've both worked mothered administered and volunteered dealing with all the dramas that come with moving countries again and again and again anyway here we are today Nikki Moffat is in Copenhagen in Denmark I'm in Adelaide in South Australia hello Nikki Moffat how are
1: you? Hello, Kirsty Rice. Thank you. I'm very well today. I'm a little bit tired because I was up late reorganising my room behind me. You'll be Uh, able to see it.
0: It looks good. It looks good. So for those who can't see... Uh, it was a little bit chaotic there in the past, um, but now, oh, my gosh, you could have one of those Instagram organisational sites, I think, one of those accounts, you know. <laughs> Nikki's, well, I, I, what would we call it? I don't know, but there, to give damn. people an idea, the image, there are some very funky white little um, baskets and a lot of matching. There's definitely a white theme, a white and metal theme with a little bit of black thrown in.
1: There's the occasional big black box.
0: I'm loving it. It looks really good.
1: Well, it's, it's so funny because, you know, every... We, we get on here and I look in my background I think oh my goodness I have to do something about that And then my husband's been working from home a bit Which we don't have to talk about But apparently <laughs> that's a thing now And he can't have a Zoom call Without putting a background on Because it's oh. rude not to have video On now because you've been so, so long Doing calls and people aren't, yes. aren't like Having the My camera's not working argument going For them anymore so people have to be polite And put their camera on so he always has To have a background because it, it was so chaotic before and I heard him say the other day let me just show you if I turn my background off like basically I'm living in a cupboard I'm I was like <laughs> You're not in a cupboard dude that's a whole room but he's telling people he's in a cupboard to make himself feel better about how bad the room looks so I said I put it on my list of things to do because I like to have things just the way I like to have them and the last pack was done by him so I've re-stacked it and I've moved to our linen cupboard to the other side of the room so we can't see that anymore so yes i'm pretty proud of it i'm it really happy good. and i'm hoping that maybe he can take down his zoom background now and he can have his real background <laughs> and people won't be so
0: okay nikki Moffat, we'll move straight into our two fat expat questions nikki in the two fat expats facebook group which i saw now has 30,800 people in it which is mind-blowing um, there was a question asked, and uh, it was posed to women 40 plus, and it said, has anyone gone through perimenopause or, men- or menopause while abroad long term? I'm struggling with my moods, something awful, and I'm worried it's going to damage my relationships that I've recently made in the last year. How do you deal with it? I realised that because I've lived abroad for so long, I only have one really good long-term friend that I can tell anything to. But in this situation, she won't be of any help because she's almost 10 years younger and she just can't relate to it at all. So how did you find support for it? I have the other symptoms, but they're not bothersome at all, but the mood swings are killing me. I've so far kept it mostly to myself, but in hiding it. And my friends feel that I'm pulling away. It also makes me feel very isolated. Does anyone have any advice? Anyway, Nikki, like um, the, the original poster, the OP, as we would say, put it out there. And I thought that's a phenomenal question. And I can't believe we haven't had that. Before, but I kind of walked away and came back to it because I wanted to ask some questions and get some info. And there were 141 comments in the time I'd sort of <laughs> walked away to the point that the original poster had locked the comments. We often don't see the original poster lock the comments. <laughs> no, geez, it's usually us. <laughs> but the, the original poster, I think, had just gone, okay, okay, I get it, you're you're all menopausal. <laughs> so message received (laughs) yes but one of the one of the answers that came back that i thought was fabulous was from bernadette and she said you've just put your finger on the exact issue i feel about long-term expatting how to gather information about common issues like menopause etc i use the example in a jovial way You don't just meet new people and ask them, hey, by the way, anybody have a vaginal prolapse problem? (laughs) She said, this happened to me. I was diagnosed in London, then I promptly moved to Hong Kong. I went to find a physio, especially for the issue, and so she went on. Um, And she basically talked about moving from place to place to place and never really kind of getting a good grip on things until she basically got home and got help so uh nikki i think you know there's two things here i i was going to uh talk talk to a doctor and do an interview with a doctor but then i when i really looked at what people were talking about and when they were thinking i think that we'll save the doctor interview for another special episode where we will do an entire episode on this, and so yep. if it affects people. I would say that if you are a 25-year-old expat and if you are listening right now, please think, oh, well, I'm going to give that episode a big skip because I want to tell you that it does come and it does come very quickly. Right. <laughs> While you think that is so far from your life, it isn't. And I have had girlfriends who have been through perimenopause in their 30s. So, which is a scary thought for those of us who put I mean, I had my fourth child when I was thirty seven. So don't don't rule out listening to it. Don't let menopause come and bite you in the bum unexpectedly one day. But I thought, Nikki, maybe we stick to, you and I, the points about being worried about it affecting your new relationships and being worried about it not being an accurate representation of who you are and sort of having a friend to talk to maybe if I start with what I've been doing for the last few days and what I've learned because Mm -hmm. what I instantly did is thought well there must be a really great podcast out there for menopausal women you know there must be one of those ones there's heaps of uh, podcasts for money issues and beauty issues and health issues and you know whatever but I really didn't find one that completely grabbed me quickly do you know that was the glossy fantastically produced you know hot on topic do you you know the ones I'm talking about where they come on it's a great intro and you're instantly and it's maybe a little bit humorous you're engaged you're engaged and so I'm not saying they're not out there but I'm saying when I did a quick search nothing came and I did see someone suggested one called sexy ageing but when I looked for sexy ageing, I couldn't find sexy ageing. So if if that okay. person's listening, come, come back and tell me what I'm doing wrong. But I did find, I went onto the ABC website and I searched for menopause. I did find some fantastic interviews. Um, I also found something called the Menopausal Doctor, uh, if you're in the UK, and that's sort of the... Uh, or the the voice you want to listen to but when i went to the abc i went to life matters and i saw a couple of episodes one was how not to be blindsided by menopause and there was another really interesting one called stop the silent career killer because there are people now that specialize in menopause at work interesting statistic nikki is that uh there was uh, one very large corporation in Australia that said, I would rather talk to my staff about gender reassignment than talk to oh, them about the menopause. Metap- yes.
1: <laughs> yes. I've seen some, some research that says it's it's a, a very impactful um, on women in the workplace and it, it needs to be addressed. And, you know, there are companies addressing it uh, because companies, of course, think once they've got past um, women with small children that they can just... <laughs> everything's fine now we're all good but there are lots of things that impact us over the course of our lives women (laughs) and men and mental health wise hormone wise etc etc that really do need to be addressed so it is good that it's becoming more uh, more seen in workplaces and other environments
0: yeah and in the podcast that I listened to they had a number of women who had maybe even quit their job because either the symptoms had become so bad or they just hadn't sort of found their way um and it was the whole thing about having to go and speak to your boss about the space that you're in right now and how how, who wants to talk to their boss about uh you know with hormone replacement therapy (laughs) and those sort of issues but one of the things that was said that i i was a bit of an aha for me was that menopause is a bit like childbirth it's it's a different experience for everyone. So while th- th- you'll find that there'll be people out there that will say, I loved menopause. I welcomed menopause. It was so positive positive." <laughs> and they're the people that basically their babies just dropped out of them and then they were back at work the next day and we, <laughs> or the rest of us went, oh my God, how did you do that? I can barely walk or function and I've been in my pajamas for six weeks. But so, the, so while you have the the people that it's incredibly positive, you then have the group where it's incredibly traumatic, and there are things happening that they just don't understand. And there's also that public perception too that it's kind of the end of your life, that it's the last stage of your career. You know, you that you're so old. And I was thinking about if you work in a particularly young workforce, and you work maybe in tech. And like I worked for a very uh, young male person when I had breast cancer and was instantly, because that's what happens when you have breast cancer and you have chemotherapy, is everything instantly gets fried. There is no way in the world I would have spoken to him about any of those issues that were going on with me um, because I would have felt a gizzard in years
1: old, which is wrong. Which is not what you want to. Do. When you're a woman, you don't want to portray that in the workforce, and possibly when you're a man, you also don't want to portray that. But it, it feels something that in your mind, you're like, yes. this is a sign of me aging, so I don't want to bring it up that I'm getting old. Yes, yes. In this and situation, so this is what I've
0: learned, Nikki, and what I would say from what I've learned this week is number one: go to a doctor, whether that's online or in person. In everything I read, in everything I listened to, so many people put themselves through so much misery because they just didn't go to the doctor. They, they thought, well, this just happens and I have to deal with this because this is just what happens. Uh, the other thing is exercise, vitamin B, fish oil and magnesium were all things that came up in everybody podcast and every article um, as things that you needed to be taking
1: um and so fish oil (laughs) until they make a good tablet with the no aftertaste i'm not good at that
0: (laughs) the other thing was monitoring what you watch and what you read because you want to keep it light-hearted and positive um and i saw that i saw that in um our facebook one of the pieces of advice was chinese acupuncture as well and i think You know, is this the thing, Nikki, where you're maybe in a country that's not your own and there's that massive divide in doctor-patient conversation where you feel you're being very misunderstood? Um, You know, maybe you've got to take up a few of those things. When in China, try the acupuncture. (laughs) You know, when in Indonesia... Get a really good massage. You know, try the things that you you know are a benefit of where you live at the, at that point. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Nikki. What would what has been your experience, or what have you learnt over the time?
1: Well, I have not taken the advice, so I have never had a blood test. So I just assume everything that's wrong with me is to do with perimenopause. Yes. <laughs> And so once my sister-in-law said, so if you had the blood test, because I've had one and I'm not, you know, I'm not there yet. I was like, no, no, I haven't had a blood test. It's just like, I've got all these symptoms. So obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But um, one thing I find from uh, things that you do, like joining Facebook groups about it and whatever, and just having trying to understand other people's experiences and what is normal and what might not be normal, is that no matter where you are, whether you're an expat, whether you're not an expat, you're always going to be living through this as your own experience which is what you said about everyone it's like childbirth it's a different experience for everybody so um that's one thing and the other thing is that different countries have totally different ways of dealing with things and which we've discussed before and so the other thing that might be really difficult is is if you're in one country or you've grown in up in one country or you have a cultural affiliation for one country and you understand the medical system and how they treat it and in the country you're in it's totally different. Like they might not, HRT might not be a thing, et cetera, et cetera. I don't have HRT. I, I don't know anything about it, but I've just read a lot of people who have said, you know, they don't do it here. And how, how can I do things? And it's, I think it's very hard because you've got to get your head around, like, like what you've said, trying to deal with it a different way. And the other thing is cont- continuation of care. So um, if we go back to Bernadette, who had her <laughs> vaginal prolapse problem, and then um, promptly moved to another country, like you've got to be able to be confident enough to walk into a doctor and say, "Hey, you know," yeah, <laughs> just straight happened. off the bat. <laughs> straight off the bat I've got to find a doctor to deal with this yeah so you know and they're difficult things you know we've talked about moving and finding new doctors and making Mm -hmm. appointments and doing all that you do it for everybody else first in your family and then you sort of look after yourself last but it's one of those situations where you know you need to be able to look after yourself and to be able to do it uh and if you can't that's not the end of the world you know there are there are those, those of us out there who don't can't and haven't done it that way but you know it's one of those things about putting yourself first it's that's the putting on the face mask on the plane you know before Mm -hmm. the people you're traveling with etc you've got to try and say okay this is about me and so i have to deal with it and especially if you're worried about it impacting people around you yeah the only way you can change anything about that is to is to address it in some way
0: yeah
1: or ignore it. But otherwise, it'll just be, you know, I, I haven't thought about mood swings. Well, I just think I've had mood swings my whole life. So I have not noticed anything that much more. <laughs> but, yeah, look, I, I, you have to try and try and address it yourself. And there are lots of ways and, and everything is different. And you can't, there's not always going to be a best way. Of course, there's science and there's best practice and whatever. But. There are always exceptions to that, not exceptions to science, but exceptions to how best track practice might treat you versus how it treats somebody else. So you've just got to really, that's what I can see from, you know, my friends and, and my groups and whatever is that, you know, everyone walks a different path on this. No one has anything experienced exactly the same. And so you have to be really individualized about it in your own approach as well.
0: Mm, yeah yeah it's it's funny isn't it nikki because as expats we meet people and straight off the bat we tell them our life stories and sometimes maybe what we don't do though is tell them what's going on in our head right there and then um yes we're very prepared to talk
1: about other stuff yeah Yeah.
0: so it's easy to go back and you know I, i i think about now i met someone new when i was in Qatar. And they they did share something very personal very quickly with me about their sex life. And I remember really being sort of taken aback but realising this person is telling you this because they don't have anyone to talk to about this at the moment and you're it. You know, so join in. And it is. It is really hard. And I, I don't know, I would like to think that as women if if someone came to you as a woman and said I have this going on in my life and I just don't feel like I'm me I do understand how it is harder to talk to a younger person about it though that because I think when you're younger you just don't you can't see that any of that would ever happen to you or that you it seems so far away
1: so yeah or that and this is what I used to think I wouldn't have to worry about any of that because there'll be a pill to fix that by the time I get there yeah. Like that, that that's I think I yeah. used to think that too. You know like I, I just there'll be better better ways to deal with it. Like that all yeah. sounds horrendous but I'm sure there'll be better ways to deal with it by the time I get there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And of course, because it's a women's health issue. So, <laughs> but... say if men had menopause, of
1: course, there would be better ways to deal with it. Yes. That. Well,
0: I mean, there are pillars. And I mean, it's controversial to talk about HRT. And I'm not a doctor, so I can't talk about HRT. But what I can tell you, I learnt about it in the time that I was there, is that it is controversial because uh, there was, a, you know, maybe a perceived um, connection to breast cancer and HRT. Uh, but. Every podcast I listened to told me that no, that's maybe not the case anymore, and that that was an unfair, that was a very unfair connection. And I tell you, every woman on there who'd had HRT, it had bloody changed their lives. There wasn't one person, uh, that, yeah. there wasn't one person that said, I had HRT and it sucked. <laughs> there was 99% of the people saying, I had HRT and I turned back into the person that I used to be. And it took you know, I think the longest I heard was a month. Um, there were people where it just had it automatically. One of the saddest calls that came in, because this was on Life Matters, and I will put all the links in the in the show notes, is that there was a woman who rang in, she was 67, and she said, I just want to let people know that you can go through, and, and, and just to let people know, the average age of a woman going through menopause is 51 and, but there are a lot of women that go through menopause a lot earlier than that. But she said she went through menopause when she was, you know, 50. And then she sort of had her last period at, because perimenopause is the symptoms that start. And yep. menopause, menopause is, the day. is the day you have your last period. And so she had her last period when she was, you know, 53 or something. And there she was at sixty seven and she was still having hot flushes and um heart palpitations and mood swings. And she said, so she went to her doctor and said, I'm still having these things happen to me Um, and they said well you can't have HRT because your hormones are so small now that it's not going to make you know like the level is so low it's not going to make any difference and the doctor who was an expert in menopause on the show said that is complete misinformation you would you'd be great for you if we could give you some HRT so yes Go to your go to your doctor, and if your doctor doesn't say what you want them to say, go and find another doctor. <laughs> but I also think now one of the beautiful things about COVID is that we can now talk to doctors online as well, and we can have online catch up. So if you are somewhere where you think language is a barrier and people won't understand you, get online with a doctor um, from home. And yes, there are groups. There was one group that was suggested, and I'll put it in the in the post. I think it was hyster histi- sisters, but they were women that had mostly had hysterectomies, and it's a forum, and they did have a particular forum for just menopausal issues more so than um, hysterectomies. Um, I think, and I think there was hormones in the jungle or something like that. Um, so there are definitely places to go and chat to people. There is a there is an expat menopause Facebook group, so there are places that you can go. Um, but I really think from what I read and what, what I saw, number one is go to your doctor. And like you said, Nikki, have the blood test. Find out where you're at. If it's as simple as having the blood test, just sort of have a look. I mean, that's a five-minute exercise. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, 100%. Okay, Kirsty. Okay, well, I hope that that's been some tips and good good work on your investigations this week. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Kirstie, my question to you is I was in Hamburg uh, last week for work. We talked about that I was going on a trip there mm-hmm. and it was lovely. I stayed with a, with a friend who has a gorgeous, gorgeous house and it was was better than being in a hotel room, let's be honest. <laughs> I had my own room, my own bathroom. The towels were amazing. The water pressure was out of this world. Uh, and, and so it was really, really lovely. And I said to her, look, I'm really not going to be – like, I'm just going to be in and out and I'm working and, you know, I don't need dinners. I just, you know, I'd love to see you if you're around, but I just bear would be lovely. Yeah. And so we had this really just lovely catch up sort of in the mornings and in the evenings. Um, and but, you know, I, I, I wanted to give her something, something meaningful or or thanking her for having me because you know it's still an imposition to have someone in your house and you know we had I had a set of keys and who knew when I was coming and going and etc etc I was using one of their bathrooms whatever so you and I had a bit of backwards and forwards about what what could I get what could I get for her and how could I get you know what would it be and so you sent me some good suggestions and so I want you to tell me what they are. Tell everyone what they are, because when you stay with people, you know, when you go to other countries, I know it was only a five-hour drive down the road, but it's still it's still a thing. So you want to you want to leave on a good note. So I reckon the best the best thing,
0: and I actually can't remember what I suggested to you, but I'll go with it, and you can tell me, fill in the gaps if I miss something. But I think the best thing is you buy something for the person who is. The most inconvenienced, you know, by your trip. Not that people see you as an inconvenience. I'm sort of very. We're always happy to have hosts, but you know, who's going to have to make the bed, change the sheets, you know, yeah, wait up for you, or make sure there's bread, and milk in the fridge, whatever. Um, so if you happen to be somewhere where there's a housekeeper, that person should be always thought of. Um, yes. So they come first um, because maybe if you're lucky enough to live somewhere where you've got people that help you in the home or then buy something for those people that are that are do, having the extra people in the house that would be number one but then for the host I would say always you come with a bottle of champagne to pop in the fridge you know so whether they choose to give it to you or not but you know so you can have a drink <laughs> and some champers when you get there one of the most loveliest house gifts i got was someone who just came for dinner they didn't even come to stay but they gave me this lovely Revlon lip gloss that people always ask me where it was from in fact I have, I've just remembered someone asked me the other day on oh, my friend Meg, and I haven't told her because she yeah, you know, I had dinner with someone and left and they sent me a text saying I, this sounds really naff but can you tell me what that lip gloss was but I just thought it was such a nice thing because even though it was G and I that invited her and her family, she came with flowers and a lip gloss and wine and whatever. Um, what else did I tell you, uh, Nikki, uh, to buy? Uh, that
1: that was the that was the thing, um, wine, champagne, you know, yeah. lip gloss. But th- there must be a magic lip gloss, Kirsty. So <laughs> for someone to message you after you've left the house. I mean, obviously the person that gave it to you had had this experience before and thought I'm buying have. a whole <laughs> carton of these lip glosses and I'll just be carting them around with me because they're magical. They are really so good. It
0: and I will go and find out what it is, but it's a Revlon. And it's like a gloss, but it's got sparkle Arcal in it. And it's... Oh. Yeah. And it is. If you're out, it's a really good little lippy. And I had been out to dinner with these people. And as I'd left, I'd gone, okay, I've got to go, you know, got to go and pick up the kids. And quickly done a big gloss at the table and walked out. And then she sent me a note on the way home saying, <laughs> what was that magic lip gloss? But... um yeah i think you know people always do the candle don't they The ca- and and i'm a bit of a candle
1: burner now but only because i've got a closet full of them you also suggested to me uh a tea towel situation because mm. tea towels are always quite nice and if you can get sort of like nice nice linen ones or whatever also it depends on the aesthetic of the person whose place you're staying at so sometimes mm. it's nice to go and stay at their place and then work out what to give them later yeah. so there are some good ideas and we've had the question in the group before and people have come up with some absolute corkers. Of course, if you've got time and, and, uh, (laughs) and the thought process in advance rather than just sort of on the fly, on the fly is different to the whole thing. And also sending something afterwards, I think is also acceptable. So I, I bought a bottle a couple of bottles of wine, South African wines Mm -hmm. um, from our time in South Africa and left them with her. She's not drinking during the week at the moment. So, we just had cups of tea in the evenings, not drinks, which is totally fine. That was also good for me. Uh, so, But I thought that I, there was going to be something that I would send her afterwards. So I thought, you know, you give something while you're there and then you can just send the, the thank you note with, with a small gift.
0: Yes, I'm sure our more organised friends have those present cupboards where they just pull something <laughs> out and away they go. And also if you're coming from a country, as you were, like you were coming from uh Copenhagen you you were coming from Denmark and going to Germany something from that country is always good too isn't it it
1: is uh, but I'm not up on what yes the the best things are which is also the hard thing like I I think that you know I'll get there I, Next time I, I go really and stay with really else. <laughs> We've talked about this before
0: when we were saying what yes. would you buy from your your expat country, country? Yeah. and I struggled so much with Doha for that reason. I had there wasn't a lot that was made there, and I think I've I think yep. now I would have said because Doha has a lot of art exhibitions, maybe you would get yes. something from the gallery shop to say went to this great art exhibition here's something from it you know if it comes to your town you should maybe go and see it that might be an idea too um yeah for anyone you always have nifty little prezzies in art galleries
1: yes i mean i I think also sometimes you get the present covered and that's good and i'm sure people have it um but then it it also has to be a little bit personal as well Mm. and a little bit specific Mm. so i know my friend and husband do collect wine and they were boxes and boxes of wine stacked up in there. I was like well here's my little offering from south africa i hope you like it so yeah yeah so it's, it's just a it's just a personalized thing
0: do you know what's good for the wine gift though too and i didn't know this until someone bought me a lovely bottle of wine a few years ago is the white marker pen do you have the white marker pen what's the white marker pen well if you're giving someone a bottle of wine, if you have a white marker pen, you can write on the side of the bottle of the wine, you know, happy 50th birthday, Mickey. Oh, right. And a white marker pen, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And um, but it sounds so stupid, but it suddenly makes that bottle of wine seem so much more personal. Um you know, thanks for having me stay on this date um yep you know uh hold this one till 2023 or whatever yes, for them yes. to put away um I think that's that's always a good one my favorite thing is when my husband writes hold this till 2023 and then I put it in the spaghetti
1: in 2019 <laughs> that's a good one what I was going to say is that she reminded me that I had taken her um a bottle of um, wine before and she told me that she had taken it on their holiday that they went in summer and they opened it the first night of their holiday at their Airbnb <gasps> in Sardinia which yeah. I thought was really nice so I'm like okay yeah it's okay yeah yeah yeah, that's very good Kirsty. Okay. bold statements uh, what have you got going for bold okay statements? so
0: you know I said okay I'm gonna I do the walk every day so and I don't ever remember to put it In the Strava or on the whatever. And it it is, is. My problem is I'm usually listening to a podcast. I've got the AirPods in. I do whatever. If I don't have the Apple Watch on, I forget to click the button. And then did it ever really happen? Blah, blah, blah. But one thing I've done that's fixed it, it's happened for four days now. I've gone for the walk and I've said I've got to take a picture on my walk. And that seems to make it more like yes quick you've got to go out and take your picture because there was a moment today where I went I don't think I've got enough time in between this and getting on the podcast no you've got to because you've got to do your picture so off I went so yes that is working for me what about you Nikki how's your cookbook club
1: good cookbook club is set up the Facebook group is set up We have 12 members and we are uh, already 12 members and I'm sure there'll be more this week. And uh, we're going to have our first event in October. Mm. So, yeah, that's it for me. That was my bold statement. Okay. Uh, And uh, Mike follow through. What are your three favourite things, Kirsty?
0: So there's a podcast I listen to on Apple Podcasts. It's called The Just Enough Family. Now, Nikki, it was an interesting thing for two reasons. One, I love the podcast, which is all set in New York. Um, can you remember a maternity range called Liz Lang?
1: No, I can't, but it, it sounds familiar, it but I can't very, say It was very
0: American, New York, um, Kate Spadey, fancy maternity. Right, yeah. And she was really the first person who did lovely maternity wear. Um, so, you know... She just worked it out very, very, very well that, you know, there was a time where women used to wear big, smocky, you know, when you think about the 80s. Pregnant women wore great big tent dresses with big bows and yes. just ugly. Diana, I love Oh, Diana, Diana. 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 Yeah. even when you think of Lindy Chamberlain um, in yes. all of the Azaria stuff of what she's wearing. Um, anyway, the story is about Liz Lang's family and it is fascinating because they were uber wealthy they were the Steinbergs in America they lived that fifth avenue New York um, sort of life and it rolls you through so um, it's all about those sort of over the top parties and betrayals between family and how it all goes together and it's almost like a bit of a family therapy session when you're listening to it you know listening to them sort of work things out as they're being interviewed and telling you oh yeah I guess that is why I thought this or thought that um so it's it's a it's a lovely production in that way that you're taken down into this world of beauty and wonder but sort of weirdness um as only insane money like that can provide what what of the other piece of it that i thought was interesting was was it was an apple podcast that i had to pay for and i want to know if anyone else has had to do this yet because this is a new thing with apple podcasts so i was offered when i went to subscribe and it all felt different subscribing now it all felt like I had to do different things but I went to subscribe and then it said you know if you pay us five dollars you can listen to this podcast without any ads and I thought no the ads don't worry me I don't I don't care and then I listened to the first four and I went to listen to the fifth and it wouldn't play every time I pressed play it wouldn't play and it wouldn't play and it wouldn't play and then I thought oh i have to pay the five dollars if i want to keep listening so i did and um, then at the end of it the people who produced the podcast which is a company called three uncanny four productions who i think are owned by sony um they said thank you for listening we'll come back again for another season but if you want to cancel your subscription until we come back please do so so I just wondered, Nikki, have you subscribed to any Apple podcasts and is this what's happening now?
1: Well, I know there's a lot more movement towards subscription-based models. So, you know, there was the rise of Patreon where podcasters were were having payments that weren't ad-related for their podcasts and giving um, listeners a special feed which might have more content or no ads or different information etc and so i think the podcast companies want to get in on it and spotify launched a premium subscription service and so apple has also has a subscription service and i think it's about making it easier for podcasters who have big productions and has cost a lot of money and time to to do the podcast to generate and they've done a great job on you know generating interest and and followers and it's a way to monetize podcasts because everyone's always looking for ways to do that mm. so i do have a podcast i pay for it's the slate s- series of podcasts that i do i pay for slate premium or whatever it's called about five dollars a month and i get all their podcasts in my feed. it's not through apple but it's, mm-hmm. it's through just through slate they they manage it themselves so i but i haven't actually come across one like that mm. there are other podcasts i listen to for example on the mama mia network they release paid podcasts in behind their subscription if you become a mama mia member mm. and they always play the first episode for free on their free to air and i always listen to that but i never go the next step and yeah. become a member and do the payment so it's a, it's because you have so many subscriptions in your life already you know you netflix and your your apple tv and Mm. whatever else you're subscribing to i think people are quite um careful when they come to subscribing Mm. for podcasts but obviously it was gripping and it was um you know something you wanted to keep listening to so they gave you just the right amount of free episodes
0: yeah and it's look i think it comes back to too of um you know, the person's advice about try and listen to things that are light and, um, you know, not yeah. not taking your mood down with you and I found it very much like that. I found it that it was, there wasn't any mystery murders or darkness or it wasn't going to raise my heart rate with fear about what was going to happen next and I was quite fascinated and they had beautiful voices and they, they told their stories really really well um so yeah i definitely wanted more i wanted to know how it ended because you were right in the hype of wow these people have incredible wealth and they're having a great time and she's happily married but i've got a really strong feeling she's about to not be happily (laughs) married and they're about to lose all their money uh and so you want to know how and why. So, yeah, it was good. Hey, look, the other thing I watched was I watched Untold, which is the Caitlyn Jenner story on Netflix. And, uh, you know, this is the section called Three Favourite Things. And I, I, I don't know if it's my favourite, but I think I would suggest it, it's interesting to watch. Um, it's kind of incomplete, but it leaves you wanting more. Do you know, like I don't I don't feel that Caitlin really shared exactly sort of what was going on at the time. And there were a couple of things I thought, hang on, wait, what? R- rewind. Did you just really say what I think you just said? So it really is all about the life of Bruce Jenner and Bruce Jenner the athlete. And Caitlin talks about Bruce like he is this whole other person and she wants him to be recognized for what he did as an athlete. And she says, there's so much more to me than that, but I honor him. I call him Bruce because he did do those things. So it's really interesting because it shows you Bruce as a young man, Bruce with his parents, how Bruce was a fantastic footballer and then had an injury and wasn't going to be a footballer, but he had always shown when he was a kid that he could do anything. He was one of those people that you find any sport and he just picked it up and was good at it. And so he was an obvious person for the decathlon because he could do those things. Um, And so you're looking at him, obviously, the physicality of a decathlon person, just the sheer size and talent of him throwing a discus and a javelin and you know the doing the hurdles and you could not find a more manly manly specimen um with the blonde uh wife oh she may have been the girlfriend but the first the first mrs jenner um alongside him the whole way which is something i hadn't ever you only think about Kim. Kris Kardashian, right? You don't think about the original Mrs. Jenner and her life with uh Bruce. So, it was very interesting to hear about his his life as an athlete. But there were a couple of things where he had two children with his first wife. And his son basically shares with you and his son's lovely. It's his eldest son. And he shares with you that yeah, that basically, you know, Bruce came and said, I, am, I uh, don't want to be a man and I'm going to change my gender um, and they were well aware of that and then he married Chris. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, but nothing is talked about in it and maybe i have got that wrong maybe someone's listening going no 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 kirstie that's not what happened but that's what i think i was told was that then he had two more children yes that he he left one relationship you know that he'd always known obviously obviously anyone who's going through that has always known um but he yeah so I, i i just found that so all you'd see of the Kardashian side is it, it really is the focus is him as Bruce and him as the athlete and him with his first wife and his first two children. And then and then really at the end you sort of get the um, how he kind of separated from that family and then how he got swept up in the Kardashians and found himself trapped in this situation uh, of being on – such a popular television show um, and how terrible it was. I imagine we've been absolutely soul-destroying if you've got all those extra things going on in your mind and wondering how you're ever, ever going to get through this. Um, but, yeah, so uh, uh, go and have a watch for that because if you want to step back, because I think, I think we've seen so much Caitlyn Jenner now that you don't, Really, I think I don't think about Caitlin Jenner as Bruce, um, but I thought it was really interesting that Caitlin wanted us to go back and look at Bruce
1: and talk about Bruce, right? So, Caitlin is involved in the whole thing, like, yes, she's obviously start had to the finish. direction of the podcast, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, it's not someone else reporting on it, it's, it's sort of like a project around her, oh, uh, it's yeah, definitely organized by her,
0: um, so yeah, good. Anyway, I'll, I'll be quick. The last thing was worth. Um, which I had got the tip from Worth by listening to LDC, the Long Distance Call, the podcast, mm. which is Geraldine Doogan and Eliza Harvey, and I, can't, I think it was Geraldine that suggested it. I watched it last night with my daughter, who's nineteen. Worth is all about um, the it's it's a real life story about the gentleman who, basically, after nine one one worked on the formula for deciding what people would get paid for their group for their for their loss and so it, it the hypotheticals of it and the human uh questions behind it are fascinating as you can imagine because really h- who decides what a life is worth it, it really reminded me of when um people started doing ivf and we had surrogate parents and that whole discussion about how much you pay someone to be a surrogate um so it's the same thing and so obviously you hear all of the stories and you realize how absolutely complicated it is from the people who worked as waiters and waitresses who maybe weren't <coughs> excuse me who maybe weren't um legal uh Americans and what they were going to get paid out as opposed to the lawyer who worked up on the 90th floor and how much his family wanted for example the waiter and the wait the waitress's family might have got told uh, we're going to give you $200,000 which they then said how many people do we have to share that between and they said no we're going to give you $200,000 and they were just shocked and amazed and then the lawyer who said well that's not going to cover our costs you know for a year um so it's a great one to
1: watch if you've got older children having those conversations with there's a lot of ethical based conversations as well as yeah it's a lot of gray because it's good to introduce children to gray yes
0: the ethical side of it so uh my daughter said to me at one stage well I think they should decide by how much it costs to buy groceries where you live because of course there were people who did live in new york and there were people who actually lived in wisconsin but they would just happen to be in new york that day um and it, it, it because it's a true story it is really interesting stanley is in it as well so michael keaton plays the role of the lawyer um and he he's an ex-democrat and uh, he's obviously a very senior lawyer Uh, You don't get that sort of gig unless you are and very politically motivated. Uh, Stanley Tucci plays the role of a bereaved husband whose wife went to work that day and never came home and is completely insulted with the idea that you can make a formula for how much a life is worth. Um, So, yeah, it is. It's fascinating. Anyway, Nikki, that's my three. What about yours?
1: Okay, so for me, one of them is this Instagram account, which I... I just love and I don't think I've ever talked about it. It's called My Tiny Estate Mm. and it's um, a couple. Their names are Borja. And Dean, and I, I hope I said that right. I have a Spanish friend whose husband is called Borja, but I, I always cringe when I say it because I know I don't say it exactly right. Anyway, um, they have, the, he's one of them is an architect and the other one is an estate agent and surveyor and they've done home renos for ages. And a couple of years ago, or two or three years ago, they bought this old estate in Warwickshire, Warwick, I don't know, somewhere in the UK and basically they're just renovating it from it was all run down and really horrendous and they've just started from scratch and done it all themselves and um it just and their store they have they've got a great Instagram feed but their stories are just so lovely I just love them whenever I see their stories I'm like oh here they are and I just really love watching them and over the course of the li I think I started following them about a year ago I got onto them through um, an old, the daughter of an old neighbor of mine from the U.S. Uh, She's an architect now, so she follows lots of architect's accounts. And I think she must have shared it once. Um. And then I just clicked on it. Like you click on a link when someone shares something. And then I just started following them. And I just, it's really lovely. Like they do, they've done all the courtyards and gardens and they show you how they're renovating how they're pulling stuff out and they're finding like original stoves and sinks and beds. Buried all over the place, and they're just really carefully restoring them and putting the whole place back together. And then they're making each of the buildings uh, into sort of little airbnbs, and what? And they live in one and work in it. And then when they finish that, they rent it out and they move to another one and do it. And it's just, it's just a really lovely account for something light, something yes. nice to follow. Uh, so it's called My Tiny Estate, and I'll put in the link for that. Um, the other thing, one second thing I want to talk about is. The Wonder Years is back, Kirstie. Do you no. remember The Wonder Years? I loved it. From the it. 1990s? Yes. Okay, so it's back. It's a 2021 version. It's set in 1968, same as the original one, but in this case, instead of a white middle class family dealing with political turbulence and the Vietnam War, etc., it's in a black middle class family. They're also dealing with political turbulence, etc., yes. but the death of Dr. King, and it, it's all the same themes. It's a, obviously it's a big period of growth in the in the middle class in the US. The first episode is directed by Fred Savage. Who (gasps) Who was in The Wonder Years. Yes, Yes. he was in The Wonder Years. So Ah. it's really, it's just really lovely. There's only one episode out so far, I think. And I watched it yesterday. It was really lovely. And. Jule Hill plays the dad. He was and I the, loved him on The West, the West wing, wing as Charlie. Yes. Yeah, as Charlie. And so I was like in for him from the beginning. So that was really just one thing. And I thought I really have to include it because it's just really such a lovely thing. And I'm sure it's on lots and lots of different platforms. And if you just search the Wonder Years 2021, it comes up everywhere. So you'll be able to find out where to watch it. Right. My third thing is... Bit of trash, bit of just lay back and have a look if you want. It's called Why the Last Man? Why, as in the the letter Y? Yeah. And it's based on a comic book series. Uh, it's a female-led cast because there's a great a great scourge, a virus, and every animal mammal, living mammal with a Y chromosome, dies suddenly, and there's only one of them that doesn't. Uh. one one person that doesn't and so it was interesting because there was a a, a scene in it and uh, they said he said to someone haven't you found any men he said we've found lots of men but none with a y chromosome which means they're talking about people that have transitioned from female to male. And so it, it makes it really it, – so it's oh, very modern in that yes. way that that's – so they include – there are men in this society. But I read a quick review about it because I thought, whatever. And it. I, I was thinking, this is ridiculous. I was watching it going, okay, it's quite, it's quite horrendous when all the men die. You see that bit. But then – the whole place falls apart. And I'm thinking, nope. this is bullshit. <laughs> like, you don't, know, you don't go to a post apocalyptic world because there's no men come on you know like there was a there was a military headquarters and there were just as many well not just as many but female generals and male generals all the male generals died i'm like so what the female generals don't know how to lead anymore because there's no men in the room like i was just really i was a little bit cross about that yeah and i read a review and it said that the comics have received heavy criticism for their portrayal of women as ultimately incompetent and prone to infighting without men around (laughs) and so i i really resonated with that comment because it was what I was thinking but then that was in the first episode and then sort of the second and third the, the women seem to get themselves back together a little bit yeah as it- happens. But I, I, at the beginning I was thinking come on people you don't the world doesn't fall apart. of course you have the morning period and whatever but
0: yeah there's
1: no electricity like <laughs> everything just falls apart immediately. <laughs> if only I no if obviously... only we'd
0: trained women to be engineers and you know computer yeah. systems people. Correct. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, that's my third one. It's a bit of a laugh. Uh, someone messaged me yesterday and said, "Oh, you know, uh, my wife's watching it. I don't like it." But uh, and I said, "Oh no, I like it." I'm with her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, so that was my third one for this week. Lovely. So they're my three favourite things. Okay. So, Nikki,
0: do you have any bold statements before we leave? Uh, oh, you noticed that, that I slipped
1: slipped. you. Oh, I did do, I, I, d- I didn't do one either. <laughs> um, my bold statement is to do the other half of this room that you see because you only see one half of my beautiful background, oh, but there's oh. another half behind me that you can't see. Out of shot. Okay, that's my, my statement my for next bold week.
0: Statement's going to be a bit hard because I've got all my children here, bar one, all this week because we have school holidays, and I've got an extra person here as well because she's working out here this week. So things will be a little bit more hectic. Um, but I'm going to say I'm going to do three trial exams for my exam to come. Do you know I've I've joined a little website. I've actually paid an extra. Hundred bucks to join another website to get to, for the sole purpose of getting tutorials and mock exams and watching more videos, etc. So, um, yes. How many did I say I'd do? I'm going to write it down so three. I three. So I will do three <laughs> mock exams. I'm not sure how I prove that to you. Make it, maybe I take a picture. All right, and <laughs> yeah. then you can show me. Your I'll believe cupboard.
1: you.
0: <laughs> 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 and I will continue on with the one photo a day of the walk.
1: Perfect. All right. Okay, Kirstie. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Okay, bye.